What's up? I'm B, and whether you are watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, I've got a recap for you. You know I love a good reaction video, but this video that we are going over was an hour and like 58 minutes, and that was a lot. I decided that that would be a lot, so I watched it, I took the notes, I got the most important parts, and we are going to go over them now. I watched this so you don't have to. Paul and Morgan recently went on Isaiah Saldivar's channel. If you're familiar with my channel or um, like Paul and Morgan, Brittany Dawn, that's a name that you've probably heard before, but maybe you don't know too much about him. I don't really know that much about him either. This was my first time watching a full video of his. I've talked about this before. I've tried to um, watch his content and like get a feel for who he is, but it's so hard to get into. And maybe I said that about Mike Signorelli, but it's true for both of them because I've tried with both of them and it's a lot and it's difficult. And so it's just been something that I have not been able to dive super deeply into. And I recently watched a video, which I'm hesitant to say it because I'm not promoting this person, but this is the truth. I recently watched a video on someone's channel where they did basically like a pretty long look into Isaiah and his history and his ministry. And they used a lot of clips of him. And I struggle with this because I've, I've watched a few of this person's videos and I think that they're pretty well done. And um, I agree with a lot of the things that he says in the videos, but then I had mentioned this person by name on my channel and one of you were like, I hope you're not talking about this guy because his Twitter is awful. And then I looked at his Twitter and I was like, oh, ah, this is why I always say if you want to know who somebody is, like don't just follow them on YouTube or Twitch or whatever like their main platform is. You got to go into the depths. You got to go to Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, threads. Do people still use that to see like how they act on an everyday basis? And then you can get a better idea of maybe some of their value. So anyway, I don't really want to promote this person because they're not someone that I would necessarily align myself with and say like, I support this person's views. So I'm not trying to promote the documentary, but they made one. I watched it and it was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, Isaiah has 855,000 subs on YouTube. He has a very large channel. He's part of a group called the Demon Slayers, which includes Mike Signorelli and Vlad Salchuk and several other people who I'm not super familiar with. And recently, Paul and Morgan went to sunny California to be on his podcast. And... They are doing this new project called 24 Hours With, and he is going to be their first person that they spend their 24 hours with. Basically, the idea behind this project is that they perceive that there is so much division within um, Christianity as a whole, and they want to find where people can align with each other, where people can agree, where there can be like healthy points of debate, and they just want to do something where they get to go spend 24 hours with someone I guess, like, follow them around for the day, see their home, see their family, and the idea is that it's going to promote unity. We'll see. I I don't know. It hasn't come out yet from what I know. Um, by the time this video goes up, their first episode might have been posted, but 
as of now, it's not out yet, so we'll just have to see what happens with that. It's interesting because they did make a separate channel initially for this series, like this project, and then I guess Isaiah told them that they should keep it on their main channel, and so they were like, you're right, we're going to keep it on the main channel, and now I can't find that second channel. I thought they were still going to leave it up. Maybe they could do like shorts on that channel. They could clip certain like smaller sections from their 24 hours with and then they could put it into more digestible pieces on that second channel and then do the full thing on their main channel. But I don't know what their plan is. Anyway, like I said, they went to California. They were on Isaiah's podcast. He does a lot of live streams. He also does pre-recorded videos, but he puts out a lot of content. And today, I am going to recap for you the main points of their discussion. There's going to be a lot that's left out. Like I said, this was almost two hours long, and so I did not go point by point by point by point. I just got like the main concepts, things that I thought would be interesting to talk about, and now I'm going to share them with you. Before we do that, let's go ahead and do win for the week. If you are new around here, a win for the week is where you share something positive that happened to you over the past week that you would consider a win big or small, whatever it may be, if it made you happy, if it brought you joy, if it made you grateful, if it made you smile, I want to hear about it and celebrate with you. If you are watching this on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this particular episode. My win for the week is that this past weekend, I made a chocolate bread recipe that I found on Pinterest and it was delicious. I love baking. It's something that I'm very interested in baking and cooking. Like that's kind of my hobby, which is why if you follow me on, uh, I mean, this is one of my hobbies, but if you follow me on Instagram, pretty much all I post is like, hey, a new video is coming this week and this is what I'm eating right now. It's something that I love and I enjoy. And so um, trying out a new recipe and having it turn out well was awesome. That's my win for the week and I cannot wait to hear yours and celebrate with you. All right, so this was a live stream, and Isaiah opens by talking about how over the past week or so, they've had some tech issues, but he wants to make it clear that he is not blaming those on the devil. He promotes some other things that are happening on his channel, some upcoming streams and videos that he's going to be putting out, and then he also mentions that he recently hurt his shoulder, and he will be seeing a chiropractor to help with that. He says that he and Paul would be best friends if they lived closer. He says that he frequently tells this to people. It's like, you don't have an option. We're going to be best friends. And I know that Paul and I would be best friends if he lived closer. It's at this point that Isaiah, who is 32 years old, does point out that Paul is in fact older than him. But regardless of that, they would still be besties if Paul and Morgan lived a little bit closer. Then he moves on to kind of introing and teasing Paul and Morgan's new project, 24 Hours With, and they talk about how they want to unify believers and be open to disagreements or debate on secondary issues. They have talked about this a few times, and um, they do always say, like, secondary issues we're good debating on, and I think it'll be interesting once these episodes start coming out what Paul and Morgan do actually consider secondary issues. I would be interested to know what they like, what beliefs or what opinions they file under secondary issues as opposed to what example they would give of a primary issue. I'm interested to see that and I will definitely be keeping an eye when 24 Hours With comes out watching and either doing a reaction or a recap depends on the length. 
All right, sorry. I got to hold my notebook because it's a little bit dark in this room for lighting purposes. And with it being as far away as it was, I can't exactly see what I've written. Yes, I know I could take notes on my computer or my iPad, but I'm a little bit old school. I like having written notes, so this is what we're working with. They move on to how Isaiah wants to discuss Paul and Morgan's upbringing. He wants to know how they met. And before they even get started telling their stories, Paul takes a dig at Morgan. Me and Paul might, you know, arm wrestle on this table here. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe. But I wanted before, I, like I said, I'm a fan of you guys. I love your guys' stuff. But I've never heard your guys' story of your upbringing, where you raised in church, how did you find the Lord. So I would love to hear, however you guys feel, maybe some of your upbringing and then how you guys met. And people, people want to know. The People want to know how you guys met and kind of a little bit of your story to whatever you'd like to share. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, go, baby. Let's keep it brief. Let's, Let's keep it brief. <laughs> no, we got time. No. Okay, keep it brief. okay. Morgan, go. This guy, you're gonna have to remind him to just chill out. And yeah, talk. You're, just, you're like me. You're just in a rush. We need to chill. We got time. We got time. Plenty hey, of time to debate. Take off, baby girl. Tell him about your testimony. Oh, okay. I'm going first. <laughs> she's all, now she just told him. He's like, all right. Well, I guess it's me. Isn't that charming? Morgan gets started by talking about how she grew up knowing the Lord, but when she was about 14 or 18, she did want to take her relationship deeper, and she started volunteering at a church. She's a little bit vague. I'm not sure if this was the church that her family was going to, because she says, like, I started attending and volunteering at a church and really, like, getting plugged in. So I'm not sure if this was a church that she was already familiar with or if she decided to try out something new, but... Anyway, she started volunteering and trying to um, strengthen her relationship with God. And then she started dating a guy and, in her words, living in sexual sin, which she says is what caused her to experience depression and mental issues. She said that she had to go to the hospital a few times because of this. And eventually she broke up with the guy. She met Paul a few months later. And then um, four months later, they got engaged. And then four months after that, they got married. Now, it's worth noting that Morgan points out that even though at this point she had stopped living in what she considered to be sexual sin, she had broken up with that guy And she met Paul. They did things what they considered to be the right way. They got married. Despite all of that, she was still struggling with depression and other mental health issues. She was still seeing therapists and psychiatrists. She was on medication, but things were not getting better. And this is where it is going to get a little bit heavy. Um, I think it was very vulnerable and brave of Morgan to share this. I know that she's spoken a little bit about some of these things before, but I can't say I've ever heard her tell her story this plainly. So um, while I do disagree with a lot of the things that Paul and Morgan say, obviously, I do just want to um, applaud her for being vulnerable and make it known that I think that it is very brave of her to be willing to be open and share this. And so I am just relaying the message as accurately as she has shared it. And I'm not going to be putting like my thoughts or opinions interjected in here um, for this particular part. So she says that about two years into their marriage, Paul was working really long hours. He was working at a car dealership. And um, one day that he was gone all day at work and she literally just sat on the couch from the time he left until the time that he got back and um, she didn't move. She didn't get up. He was gone all day. She was by herself. And 
At some point in the day, she decided that she was going to end her own life. And she heard a voice that like, as soon as she made that decision of like, okay, like this is what I'm going to do. She says that she heard a voice that said, just tell someone. And uh, when Paul got home, he showered, got into bed, and she walked up to him and told him, if something doesn't change, I'm going to kill myself tonight. And um, props to Paul in this moment. I know I said I wouldn't give my opinion, but, you know, props where it's due. Paul did pull her, like, to him, and he held her, and he said, um, then something is going to change. He apparently held her until she fell asleep, and then the next day they did um, reach out to her psychiatrist for some additional help, as well as her mom and some other people that they trusted. And a few days later, there was a prayer circle for Morgan, and um, this this whole prayer circle was like dedicated to praying for her and her mental health. And she does say that during this prayer circle, she felt like chains were lifted off of her. And um, since that day, she has not struggled the same as she did before, um, but she does feel demonic forces trying to tempt her back into depression. I will say that I am glad that Morgan is still here. She is still with us. And um, knowing that Paul did experience that with her and, you know, just thinking about being a younger person like married for two years. I know he was probably like 28 at that time, but still, I guess I still think that's young. I mean, I don't think you're ever ready to deal with the thought of your spouse being like, if things don't get better, I, I, I'm done being on earth. Like that's a really heavy thing to deal with. And so, um, I do feel badly that they both experienced that. And I'm sure that it was really scary for him to know that that's how she was feeling. So, um, that's a lot to go through and I'm glad that again, she is still here and, um, I, I do, I hope that mentally she's doing well. She does talk about how she goes through like waves of feeling depressed and like she feels the devil tempting her to go back into depression and some days are just really hard or like, um, not to spoil anything, but they do talk about prophecy in this and she's, she says something along the lines of, you know, someone will tell me like the best thing that's ever going to happen to you is happening really soon. And then she goes into a really deep wave of depression. And so it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know the details or the ins and outs of her mental health or what it looks like every day. But she she says like, I never felt depression like that since, but I do still experience depression. So maybe she's just experiencing it on a less severe and more manageable level. And if, if that's the case, then that's great. And I mean, it's not great that she still struggles with it, but I'm glad that it's not as awful as it was previously. So at this point, Isaiah uses the phrase deliverance in relation to uh, Morgan's experience with the chains being lifted. And Paul does push back on this, which becomes kind of a a running thing throughout this entire conversation. Paul says he's not sure about demons being able to penetrate a Christian, but he does think that demons can be an oppressive force in someone's life. So he basically thinks that like demons can tempt you or they can mess with you, but he does not think that you can have like a demon inside of you if you are a Christian. Isaiah not on the same page. He thinks demons everywhere, demons inside you, all around. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian, you might need deliverance. You might have a demon inside of you and we got to get it out of there. 
Isaiah then goes on to say that having thoughts of ending your own life is not a normal thought to have, and he does believe that all thoughts like that come from demons. He very quickly and nonchalantly says that when he was 12 and tried to I'm really struggling with this part because I like using like accurate words for things. But the last time I did that, when I was going over Brittany's conversation with Mike Signorelli, I used that word multiple times. And um, I think that video got suppressed. A lot of you said like, I had no idea that you even posted. So I don't think it got shared around. Um, So I'm going to, I mean, I'm just going to talk plainly and My ask is that if you think that this is a good video or you think it's worth sharing that you would leave a like on it, leave a comment, maybe share it with somebody. Um, I'm not worried about it getting demonetized on Spotify because they are a lot more, um, I don't know, supportive of free speech. Like as long as you're not breaking terms of service, if you talk about sensitive subjects, they don't um, like ding your content at all. But YouTube's a little bit finicky. And so if you could just leave something on there that lets them know hey, like this is still a valuable video. I would really appreciate it because it might end up getting either suppressed or demonetized, but hopefully not. I just, I want to talk plainly and like adults. So anyway, Isaiah very briefly and like nonchalantly says that when he was 12 and tried to hang himself, God saved his life. And that was it. Like, that was the only detail we got. He said that he owes his life to the Holy Spirit and he is on borrowed time. And at this point, he does plug the suicide hotline and says that the Holy Spirit is always there for you um, and to, like, reach out to God when you're in times like that. He's a Christian. I'm a Christian. I think that it's a pretty common sentiment to say, like, lean on your faith, lean on the Holy Spirit when you're going through a tough time. But I do also appreciate that he made mention of the suicide hotline, no matter how brief it was. They then go on to talk about modern medication for treating things like anxiety, depression, um, bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, all sorts of things like mental health related. And um, he kind of, Isaiah, like implies that it's really easy to get them and you can just go in and 20 minutes later walk out with a prescription for Zoloft. And he thinks that that's pretty concerning. And Morgan does say that um, she doesn't think medications are bad. And she knows that some people can go in and get them pretty quickly. She didn't necessarily have an experience like that where she just went to like one appointment and things were handed to her. Um, But she knows that other people have gotten them relatively easily. And she, she says like, you know, they're not bad, but I do think that you should do everything else that you can before trying them out. Isaiah continues to reiterate that he will turn Paul into a believer of deliverance. I mean, this is turning into a deliverance podcast. <laughs> Paul's a believer Whoa. now, but no, there's a massive need for deliverance um, in the body of Christ. So we've yeah. been joking with Paul today saying yeah, we're yeah. going to do deliverance on him live tonight, but no, total yeah. jokes. I would love to hear yeah. some of your your story, your upbringing, and your background. Yeah, my, mine doesn't have uh, the deliverance component yet, per, <laughs> yet. per se. Yet. His testimony ain't over. <laughs> right, right, my testimony is yeah, still going. And again, this is just something that keeps on coming up all throughout the live stream. Then they get to Paul's backstory, and he essentially says that he came from a Christian home, but when he was 14, he was reading the Bible on his bed, and he felt the Holy Spirit convicting him of selfishness. He says that God can love you, but be mad at you. And that's why he doesn't like the songs that play on stations like K-Love or Air One. 
because they just tell people that they never do anything wrong. But then he admits that they don't know if they actually say that. Caleb and Erwan are Christian radio stations, in case you didn't know. But so Paul's not a fan. He doesn't like those Christian radio stations because all they do is tell people, you do no wrong, you're perfect, God loves you, you never made a mistake in your life. But also Paul doesn't listen to those songs, and so he doesn't know if that's what they actually say, but that's just what he thinks they say. (laughs) He then goes on to say uh, he knows his story isn't as intense as Morgan or Isaiah's, but that was a real turning point for him. And then Morgan says that Paul is the most stand-up guy she knows, and Isaiah agrees that Paul is super nice. Isaiah then says people think of Paul and Morgan as only talking about dating and sex because they are the first and some of the only Christian YouTubers talking about it. Meanwhile, somewhere on a raw milk co-op, Bethany Beal is seething. He also says that he relates to them because people think of him just as the deliverance guy, even though that's only a small portion of what he talks about, and he has a wide variety of other topics he covers. Yet, right after that, he makes mention of getting Paul to believe in deliverance again. And my only thought on this is like, yes, of course people think of Paul and Morgan as like talking about dating and sex because that's what they've branded themselves as, like people who talk about dating they what was their catchphrase um we talk about a dating merit or we risk giving tmi to help you with dmi we risk giving too much information to help you with dating marriage and intimacy so like that was one of your catchphrases makes sense to me that people would think that that's pretty much what you talk about oh my gosh their video with isaiah saldivar just came out Wow, I wasn't there when I looked earlier. I was just going to their channel because I wanted to see some of their oldest videos and see like what uh, some of their earlier videos were talking about. And it looks like they do have a pretty good uh, variety initially. They've got their very first video was exploring New York City, fun fashion and a sketchy bus ride, Trump winning cats and God, surviving high school, what to do, but then... As we go on, we get date night, how to do it right, our Tinder date, she thought I was strange, Christmas gift ideas for him and her, do's and don'ts, what not to do at a holiday family gathering, relationship advice, hot tub edition. That seems a little bit saucy. Couples yoga challenge, Morgan crushes her ribs. Five things guys wish girls knew. So like, obviously... From the start, it wasn't like they were solely focused on relationships and dating, but they did include it in, and then it was part of one of their catchphrases, and they have pretty much branded themselves as like, we are a couple, we are a Christian YouTuber couple, and we're going to help you with dating, marriage, and intimacy. We're going to tell you questions that guys are too afraid to ask girls, questions that girls are too afraid to ask guys, date night ideas, like navigating certain things within marriage, all that stuff. So, I mean, like... It was weird to me that Isaiah was like, people think you only talk about this, which as of recently, they've tried to kind of branch out into talking about Halloween and like modern pop culture topics. But for a long time, that was a pretty significant focus on their channel. Anyway, they finish up kind of like telling their background by talking about how they met on Tinder when Paul was 26 and Morgan was 20. And this section was a little bit awkward. Isaiah seemed to poke fun at this, uh, insinuating that Paul was only using Tinder to hook up with people. 
it it didn't feel fun. It's one of those things where you know that I'm obviously not the biggest fan of Paul and Morgan, but when you put that, those two next to someone like Isaiah Saldivar, they end up coming out on top just because of the type of person that Isaiah is and how argumentative he seems to be and like convinced that he's right about everything and this whole thing and that's just my perspective of him my perception based on this like based on this conversation and some of the clips I've seen of him I haven't ever really seen him be open to somebody else and maybe he is in other videos I just haven't seen it yet but if I'm a fan of Paul and Morgan and I am just coming to watch this because they're going to be on this episode I don't necessarily leave uh, the the video, the viewing with the greatest image of Isaiah in my mind because it's like, oh, you just think you're right all the time. That's how it felt to me. And I did make a note that throughout this live stream, at least, it seems like Isaiah's humor is a little bit mean spirited and he targets people for his own amusement as opposed to wanting to make a joke to make other people laugh. And it was just, again, a little bit uncomfortable to watch. Next, we get this amazing clip of Morgan talking about one of her tattoos that she's had covered up. I had no idea she had the original tattoo in the first place. And so hearing the story was really interesting to me. We're thinking on our first date, Morgan is different than so many of the other girls because she's just real with me. She was telling me about this stuff that maybe like other girls would have really tried to stay away from. And I was like, this girl is real and I think she's amazing. Yeah, I just laid it all out on our first day. I told him literally everything. Actually, I have a tattoo um, of hydrangeas, and it's a cover-up of this infinity sign that I had right here, and it said, until marriage, because I thought that getting a, uh, what's it called? A purity tattoo was a great idea, and then I lost my virginity to my ex and that I dated for three and a half years. And so then I was just walking around with a tattoo that said until marriage. And I definitely that's wasn't. Pre- a hey, that's pretty epic, though. You can't make Paul that stuff saw, up. Paul saw it. And he was like, I like your tattoo. And I was like, yeah, I hate to break it to you, buddy, but it ain't oh, <laughs> accurate. It's <man. laughs> like, oh, man. oh OK. <laughs> so I wouldn't necessarily advise going that deep into the details on the very first date. But I did. Because I was just like, I have been in relationships that were very long and drawn out. And I'm just not going to waste my time on a guy who's not willing to hear all of me and accept all of me. (laughs) In this instance, I like that Morgan's taking control of the narrative. I've talked about this before. I feel like a lot of the time on Paul and Morgan's channel, it's Paul... Um, belittling Morgan or like targeting her for having sex before they got married and like consistently kind of rubbing it in and reminding her that in his eyes and in her like he in his eyes she is a failure and in her eyes she should be a failure if she doesn't already feel like one enough because you constantly make her feel bad about it so I I I think Morgan can feel however she feels <laughs> like she is entitled to whatever emotion she has about having sex before she got married. I do like seeing her kind of take it an approach that's a little bit more like, well, you know, see how well that turned out where it's a little bit more of a joke and not something that is going to damn her eternally. Isaiah then asks about them leaving the hyper-charismatic church, and both Paul and Morgan agree that there are still some good elements of that kind of church, but that they noticed the Bible was not being used in sermons very much, especially as time went on. 
And then um, there were prophecies being shared that were not coming true and nobody was addressing it. They have a pretty good discussion about this and um, what it means to share prophecy responsibly and in a way that actually honors God. Um, They say like you have to make sure that you're not just saying things like you have to be very intentional when you're saying like I have a prophetic word for somebody instead of just being like um this is what's going to happen to the entire country this year because chances are it's not going to be backed up by scripture and so it it might not end up coming true and then what do you do at that point most of these churches it seems like just kind of keep it moving and do what they can to Avoid being like, oh, I said this thing was going to happen and it didn't come true. Let's address it. Like they just kind of shove it under the rug. So then Isaiah does talk about his perspective on prophetic preaching. And he says that whenever he um, gives a prophetic word, it is for a specific church that he might be going to visit. He doesn't just say like, this is what's going to happen for the whole world. And he won't give the same message to every church he goes to. Um, He says that your prophetic messages should always include scripture. And he also shares his view on hyper charismatic churches. So when I say prophetic preaching, I mean you're giving like what God wants to say to that church as opposed to going on a sermon website or just coming up with some generic sermon that you might find somebody else preach and then give it to the same church and preach the same message. Like say you travel to 10 churches, you preach the exact same message every single church. I'm more like, when I say prophetic preaching, I mean like, what does God want to say to this congregation? Like when Paul's writing to the churches, like to the church of Corinth, to the church of Laodicea, like God had a word for that church. So I believe God can give a preacher a word for a specific church to deliver that church. Now, if you're every Sunday getting up there, giving your dream and your latest vision and interpretation, to me, that's dangerous because you're not opening scripture. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm preaching, I'm quoting scripture the entire time. It's biblically based. It's surrender. It's holiness. It's consecrate yourself. It's all stuff Jesus preached, right? Um, that's super, super important. And a lot of, I guess you say hyper charismatic churches, and I preached at a lot of them in the early days, and I kind of veered off going to a lot of them because it was very encounter. And I remember one day I was at a hyper charismatic church and they were all like laughing and doing all the stuff that to me is just like it just makes me uncomfortable it just feels weird and they were just very spiritual and falling over and doing all these things and i'm like man these people are so spiritual and then i just thought wow i i don't encounter god like this they must be just super elite spiritual people they must be like walking super holy and righteous i did the altar call literally the whole church came forward so remember these are the people 30 40 minutes ago that are falling over and laughing and they're having all these crazy visions and angels and an angel whispered in this ear an angel whispered it's like every minute an angel's talking to them and i did the altar call and hey if you have sin in your life come repent and i kid you not i've never been in a church that had more people saying i'm dealing with pornography i'm cheating on my wife i'm addicted to alcohol Mm -hmm. and in my mind i was like you're falling over and laughing and all these spiritual things but your life isn't changing and I got to a point yeah, traveling good. to some yeah. of these in the early days going like, why are we falling over addicted and getting up addicted? At this point in the podcast, they're all like bouncing off of each other pretty well. They're going back and forth. They're coming into um, a lot of agreement on a lot of the topics and elements of the conversation. And um, more specifically, they all agree that it is more important to see everyday real life changes than visions and signs and speaking in tongues. Um, They talk about needing to have balance, and Isaiah does say that he speaks in tongues, he casts out demons, he heals the sick, but it's also important to have leaders in your church that focus on healthy marriages, strong families, like real life 
everyday stuff. There does need to be that balance there. Isaiah then asks Paul and Morgan what they consider themselves now that they're not hyper charismatic Christians and if they still believe in spiritual gifts. Without skipping a beat, Morgan says that she absolutely does, but Paul is a little bit more hesitant and um, I thought that he had a really like insightful and kind of good take on this. I was a little bit surprised, honestly. Essentially, Paul is hesitant because he says that he sees spiritual gifts being performed today differently than they were in the Bible. And more specifically, talking about healing the sick, he says that he hears that this is happening, that people are like using the Holy Spirit to heal the sick. He hears about it all the time in other countries, but not so much here. He's like, maybe they need it more, but like I'm just hearing about it all the time in other places, but I'm not seeing it. Like I'm not experiencing it where I live. And, um, after he shares this, Isaiah basically says that Paul doesn't believe enough and that he isn't trying to see spiritual gifts such as healing happen. He essentially, from where I was sitting, was judging Paul for not trying to go out and heal the sick and for not wanting to experience deliverance. Paul responds in a way that is very classy. I don't think he would respond to most people this way, but with Isaiah, he does. Um, He thanks Isaiah for doing live stream prayers because they do have a positive impact that he can feel even if he isn't at the same level of belief regarding spiritual gifts and deliverance. Now, this is where we get a little pushback from Morgan because she wants to defend Paul. She says that they have prayed for the healing of others. They have laid hands. They've specifically done it for Paul because he experiences a lot of issues with his back. And um, she said that like when they have done that in the past, it didn't work. That doesn't mean that she doesn't believe in it, but she's like, we have tried doing those things. We have prayed. We have laid hands. We have believed with all of our might. And we didn't see that healing in Paul. Additionally, obviously, it's Morgan. She's going to talk about having fertility struggles because she experienced those for multiple years. So obviously, Morgan brings up the infertility and she says that they just struggled with that for years. And of course, they were constantly praying over it. They had multiple people over the course of those years say that like, I have a prophetic word for you. I have a prophecy. You're going to get pregnant. And then you know, they would still experience not getting pregnant for years and years and years. And she specifically says that there was a uh, a traveling prophetic preacher who came to a church that they were attending and that they did like like a deliverance night basically with this prophetic preacher. And so they went and this preacher did an altar call specifically for people in need of healing. Said, if you need healing, come here, let me help you. And so Morgan and Paul, they went up there. They they were needing healing because they wanted to get pregnant. This was obviously before they had Luca. And um, they, they went up there. They talked to him. He asked them a few questions. He said, go home because you're going to get pregnant tonight. The next day she started her period. So naturally, it makes sense that they've been a little bit disillusioned by the concept of spiritual gifts, specifically when it comes to healing the sick. Like they both said, like they still believe in it, but they have had certain um, experiences that were less than positive. 
And she says that she can't believe that this guy, like this prophetic traveling preacher, can go around and give prophecies like that to people and then not be held accountable when they don't come to pass. And um, these experiences impact their hesitancy regarding spiritual gifts, but she does want to learn more and grow. Isaiah says, people who do stuff like that represent God poorly um, and just kind of reiterates that you have to be responsible when claiming to speak a message that God gave to you for someone else. Paul and Isaiah then have kind of a back and forth, really more so with each other. Uh, Morgan chimes in every now and then, but not super frequently. Um, about worship music, about whether or not it's better to have like dry worship music or excited worship music and the different kinds of music that you can experience at different kinds of churches. And um, Paul, I think maybe is a little bit misunderstood by Isaiah in this conversation because he mentions that like sometimes it might be better to have something on the drier side than somebody like really playing it up and Isaiah's like well whoa like can you ever be too excited for God like what would that even mean like is isn't God worth this excitement and the praise and everything that you're giving him but I think again like Paul meant you know we go to this church that has like the the signs the visions people screaming people laughing people like laying out on the floor and maybe in some of that music, it's meant to kind of align with that and like amp people up in a way that might be disingenuous. And maybe I'm misunderstanding Paul. Maybe he meant something totally different, but that's just kind of, like kind of how I took his take on the subject. Anyway, they go on to discuss making sure that there is room for the Holy Spirit in churches and making sure that you're like being authentic and dedicated to um, aligning with God and his word and how a lot of churches they believe just care about making other people feel comfortable. Again, like I would contend that it's good to make people coming to your church feel comfortable. I think it's, it's super important to discuss hard topics, but um, yeah, like somebody coming to church for the first time, it's going to be pretty important to make sure that they feel comfortable there, that they feel welcomed and accepted and loved. Like we all have flaws. We all have places that we need to improve and hard truths that we need to accept and work on in our own lives. But I'd say it's a pretty good thing if you can make somebody feel comfortable being at your church and participating and like they're not going to be judged for being an imperfect human like every single one of us is. Just a thought. Anyway, they move on to talk about their 24 hours with trailer and how at one point in the trailer, like this is a bunch of different clips that they've taken of other religious influencers. These aren't from like their specific project because again, Isaiah is the first one that they have done and they're filming it like right now. So they talk about the trailer and in the trailer, they have a clip of Vlad Salvchuk saying that yoga is demonic. And then they have a clip of Corey Asbury saying that, um, it's asinine to say that if your daughter practices yoga, she's opening herself to possession by a demonic spirit. <laughs> and this is where it, it just goes off the rails for me. Um, Isaiah says that Vlad is one of his best friends and he agrees with him because he knows three separate people that that happened to. 
they go back and forth on um, the semantics and the specifics of yoga versus stretching versus like, oh, well, what about seeing a chiropractor? Because that would be considered stretching and putting your body in a certain position. And how is that that much different than yoga? And I, I think Paul like brings this up because Isaiah is going to a chiropractor for his injury. And so he's like, well, what if somebody said that that was demonic? Because again, they're going back and forth on yoga, stretching, physical therapy, different modalities of health, essentially. And um, I, I truly don't think that Paul really cares about like the spiritual implications of the chiropractic industry. I think he's trying to just play devil's advocate because he wants to push back on Isaiah. This is again a part where it's just like uncomfortable to watch on all sides because Isaiah is dead set. Yoga is demonic. It is not okay. You should never do it. You are worshiping a Hindu spirit. Like you should never, ever, ever, ever do yoga. No exceptions. No questions asked. It's from the devil. It's demonic. And you could get possessed because I know three people that that happened to. And they've been on my channel. So like, that's Isaiah's take. Paul, on the other hand, is not like defending yoga, but he's just like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about stretching? Well, what about physical therapy? What if you did a stretch that looked like a stretch that people did in yoga, but you didn't call it yoga? And it, like, it's very clear that like, they're not going to agree on this one. And they spend so much time going back and forth on it when I'm like, it's yoga. Like I, I get that Isaiah has a very strong opinion on it, but you did not need to spend this much time having this conversation because it like, it got boring. I wouldn't say that this was like a video that I would have chosen to watch on my own time or that it was super in intriguing, but I like hearing different Christians perspectives on different things. And this part was just one where I'm like, you're clearly not going to agree. Isaiah is very strong in this belief. Paul, I don't think it really cares either way. He's just trying to push back to get under your skin. And it's gone on for too long. Like as the host, Isaiah, I need you to move on. I need you to say, well, like, I have my opinion. I know you have yours. Let's keep the conversation moving because it was a lot. It's also worth noting that throughout this entire stream, Paul has been very distracting and I'm not quite sure why. I don't know if he's like nervous or if he's anxious or if this is just kind of how he naturally is and we don't always see it when he's on his channel because he's very aware of it and like trying to come off in a certain way but anyway like throughout this entire thing he's crunching on cough drops he's like saying like oh let me crunch my cough drop real quick and does that he does an asmr can opening while morgan's talking about something very serious he holds up a can and like taps on it. he's like are you ready it's asmr and like opens it. Um, he asks for a towel to wipe his sweat. Again, he's just fidgeting, moving around. It's a, it's a little bit distracting. But anyway, like I said, they go back and forth. Isaiah really focuses on the origins of yoga being demonic worship. And I think that at this point, once again, Paul, Paul's got a, a good a question to pose. Trust Where, me, okay. he's looking at the chat. Does anybody agree? Listen, I, I'm, I am hesitant to say anything because you obviously have the chat bought and paid for. Yeah, okay, they're okay. not going to. No, the, the chat Bro, is we've had so many ex-yoga teachers come and expose it. The chat it. is awesome. The chat, I honestly have really enjoyed uh, checking oh, in on the chat. Oh, we're talking about that. Don't worry. We're Here, next on that. Here's where I would push back. You could say the origins of so many things, and I, I get it. Like I, I agree with you. From what I've seen, 
the research that I've done, the little research I've done, the origins of yoga are very pagan. Okay, let me ask you this. Well, right. no, hold on, hold on, just go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go <laughs> ahead. But you could say you. the origins of many things are pagan. I think that oftentimes we kind of... I'm loading up my rifle right now. Oftentimes <laughs> we... we <laughs> I'm putting another shell in. Pick, listen, listen, listen. Go we, ahead, go we pick and choose what pagan things we're going to completely black and white avoid and which ones we're going to engage in. Amen, brother. Preach, brother. What we're going to engage in to some extent. Uh, let's say I, I saw a, a clip from Greg Locke that went viral. And I know you've, you've been in a movie where you guys have some mm -hmm. type of relationship where he was saying, and he's a, a very passionate individual he said there will be no one bringing starbucks into my yeah, church. i would never say that at my church ever but but he did and, and many in your chat would likely i'm not trying to speak for you guys but say I, absolutely because starbucks is they've embraced so many that's every company so many Amazon, ungodly things Walmart. and the symbol of starbucks is pagan yeah but yet so is how many it's a greek god and I, maybe maybe everyone in the chat has decided i'm completely black and white not going to Starbucks, but I would guess that many of you do make an occasional Starbucks Okay, hold run. on. Let me stop you, though. You're, you're running. I, have Let me I stop get, you. Have I made no, a point? You have made, made no a point, point Morgan, before you go, have I made a point? No, okay. Here's I why. Morgan, have I made a point? <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, Paul. Let me just correct you here. I wrap this topic up by Isaiah standing by his initial assertion that Yoga is demonic worship, but Paul and Morgan, again, are more lax on it. And they say that they've actually been to Christian yoga classes. And Morgan goes to a class called hot stretching. <laughs> so like hot yoga. <laughs> At this point, Isaiah's like, oh, we've been going on for way longer than I thought we would. This has been a really long discussion. Let's go ahead and wrap it up with a Q&A. Morgan asks if she can eat some Pringles because she's 15 weeks pregnant. And... Isaiah says like oh yes of course and they get her some Pringles and then Paul starts stealing them from her while they do the q and I'll just go over some of the questions briefly. They share the name of their second baby which they have shared before um, but they're naming their child Judah Love and I think Judah is such a cute name. I really do. I love that name for a baby. Um, they talk about deliverance again. Isaiah says that Paul is going to come back next year gung-ho on deliverance. Paul maintains at this point that he does not think Christians can be possessed. Morgan does think that Christians can be possessed. And Isaiah jokes about bringing her back alone for a solo episode, which Paul does not like. He is not a fan of, and you can tell. At this point, Paul's gotten a good amount of pushback from the live chat. Um, obviously, this is on Isaiah's channel, and so a lot of his audience tends to agree with him and there are plenty of people who like agreed with Paul um but there were some interesting comments about him I'll read some of those comments to you now Isaiah love you loved this podcast and the openness I have to say Paul sort of makes me feel a bit eerie not going to lie someone says I agree I think a deeper Holy Spirit encounter would change everything I appreciate the discussion though I'm not sure how I felt about some answers Someone else says, I don't mean to be mean, Isaiah, and you know I definitely remember Paul and his wife in prayer, but I guess I'm in shock especially. It's just like it's almost as if he's mocking God with his attitude toward drinking and things like that. It's almost as if he's mocking. I'm sorry, and I know you pray for me too. I may be completely, utterly wrong, but I don't know. I don't know even like him being on your show. That is literally what was written. I did not mess up. That's what they wrote. 
Um, I think it's disrespectful to you and your show and what you believe in. Someone responds and says, I agree with you. That was really hard to watch. Isaiah has great discernment and I believe he was already picking up on things. As always, he handled himself very graciously. Tinder? Three question marks? It's unbiblical to date. That is a counterfeit marriage. It's sin. IMO, Paul is an unbeliever. He was so uncomfortable and rightfully so. He was disrespectful to Isaiah. His demons were manifesting. Isaiah should have delivered him. We'll see God show up big. And then someone else wrote, I find Paul and Morgan to be clueless. I didn't like this episode, not one bit. Paul seemed very antsy while Morgan seemed too hyper. So yeah, that's some pretty harsh feedback. And Paul mentions that he's been getting that throughout the course of the stream, um, but that he and Morgan both speak in tongues and there's more he could say to win them over if they had more time. And um, Isaiah asks if Paul and Morgan are post-trib or pre-trib. This really isn't something that they seem to have put a lot of thought into. And frankly, I have not either. I, I'm not somebody who thinks about like doomsday Armageddon, the rapture very frequently. So um, from my best understanding of it, Isaiah says that he is post-trib and Morgan agrees. She's like, yeah, whatever you are, that's what I am. Uh, basically, it means that uh, the rapture will happen post-tribulation as predicted in the Bible. So the Bible in Revelation talks about like the end of the world, Jesus coming back, and how there's going to be a series, like a, a series of years of people facing trials and tribulations. And then at some point, the rapture will happen and believers will be ascended to be with God for eternity. And so um, Isaiah believes that people will be raptured and taken to their eternity um, after they go through those trials and tribulations along with everybody else instead of uh, taken before and then the people remaining on earth experiencing those trials and tribulations without the believers there. Again, that is my best understanding of it. I will link some articles down below because I am, I'm, I'm not an expert on anything, but especially not that because I have not put that much thought into it or spent that much time researching the topic. Then they move on to the topic of alcohol. Isaiah, as I'm sure you could have predicted, is staunchly against it. But Paul says that he will push back on that later, and he calls it a gray area. Isaiah says that this is where they should end the stream and go to dinner, but Paul defends occasional drinking if it doesn't cause you any issues. Isaiah comes back again, completely shuts him down. Like, not even any... This is what, like, irritates me. Like, you can have your opinion and your beliefs, but to just be like, no, this is what it is. And my perception and my view and my opinion and my research is right. And you're wrong. And I don't care what you say because this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm telling you. And I'm right. So you can say what you want, but this is the conversation. Like, this is the fact of the matter. I'm right. And that's, again, very much the vibe that I got from Isaiah whenever he and Paul disagreed on something. So again, Paul reiterates, like, I, I don't see anything wrong with occasional drinking as long as it's not causing you issues. Those issues, I would assume, would be um, if you're drinking compulsively, if you are sinning when you drink, if you are lashing out in anger, like if you're making bad decisions. Yeah, that obviously that's causing an issue for you. But if you have a glass of wine or you go out for a night on the town and you have a few drinks and you know how to handle yourself, 
seems to me that Paul would say that that's okay. But uh, Isaiah, again, is just like, nope, it's poison. It's poison. It's poison. And doesn't want to hear anything Paul has to say. So um, Isaiah is just like rattling this off. Paul says there's a lot more that he could say about this topic, but he is choosing to be slow of speech. They bring that part of the conversation to a close. Isaiah once again promotes Paul and Morgan's new project. Um, he talks about his own link to partner with the channel financially. Paul says that he has his own opinions, but he does value Isaiah's wisdom and is always willing to learn. Isaiah asks if they are open to deliverance prayer if they were ever struggling. He's like, I'm not saying you need deliverance now. But like if if you did, if you were struggling with something, would you be open to a deliverance prayer, which is basically me casting a demon out of you? And they both say yes. Oh, I didn't even talk about the clickbait of the title or the thumbnail, but um, the way that this video was promoted was like Morgan had a demon. And so when Morgan tells the story of uh, being depressed and struggling with suicidal ideation, Isaiah's like, oh, it sounds like you had a demon in you. Yeah. So like you would agree you had a demon in you. And that's kind of where they first talk about how Paul's like, I don't know about that. Like, I think demons can be an oppressive force in your life. But like, I, I don't know if, if you're a believer, if a demon can go into your body. So um, anyway, they, they both say yes, that they would be open to a deliverance prayer. Isaiah is thrilled about this. Isaiah then goes on to ask Paul, well, if you were um, having a deliverance prayer prayed over you, and you heard a voice or you felt something being released from you, would you then become a believer in deliverance? Would you then believe that a demon could possess a Christian? And to this, Paul says, yes. And now that Isaiah finally got that yes, he brings the stream to a close. So that was your TLDR, or too long didn't watch, of Paul and Morgan's appearance on Isaiah Saldivar's channel. And like we discovered while I was filming, their episode of 24 Hours With is up. I didn't look to see how long it was, but I'll either do a reaction to it or um, a recap much like this one. We'll just have to see how long it is because if, it, if it's two hours, you're getting a recap, but you'll have to let me know what you thought of the points that they discussed in this episode. I just can't wait to hear all the thoughts on everything. They kind of bounced around a, a good amount, but I feel like they just wasted so much time on the yoga conversation. And again, that's something I would have loved to have seen Isaiah take the lead and like be a little bit more gracious to his guests. Like I understand I don't know why I'm still talking about this. <laughs> I understand that he has his convictions and he has his beliefs. Um, but like, you're also engaging in a behavior that's going to keep your audience coming for Paul. And so you have to kind of have a balance of like, I understand that you're not on the same page as me with yoga. Let's talk about it later and move on, like be a good host, a little balance of like sticking to your convictions and also remembering that these are guests on your show. But anyway, anyway. Leave all your thoughts in the comment section down below if you're watching this on YouTube or in the Q&A section if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify. And while you are doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel, that would be incredible. And um, if you're listening to the podcast, if you would do a rating or a review, that would be amazing too. And if you have done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.